0: Hello, this is Mark Amber Speaking, Chief Editor of the European Respiratory Journal. Today I'm very pleased to speak with Professor Fan Chung from the National Heart and Lung Institute at the Imperial College in London. Together with our friend and colleague Sally Wenzel from the University of Pittsburgh, Professor Fan Chung has chaired the International ERS ATS guidelines on severe asthma, which will be published this month in the European Respiratory Journal. Good morning, Fan. Good morning, Mark. Well, uh, this is a very exciting time to have the severe asthma guidelines uh, in the journal. And uh, now what we have to do, we have to disseminate and to implement these guidelines in order to improve the health of our patients with severe asthma. So uh, I'm really happy to speak with you and it is certainly one of the most important um discussion I had since I've started my podcast so thank you again what is uh, the definition of severe asthma in patients of more than 6 years of age uh, thank you mark I, I i think the task force went and refined
1: um already existing definitions and um we set up three stages in in terms of uh, how you practically come to a definition of severe asthma in the particular patient with asthma that you're seeing. And uh, we have three stages. And the first stage is to confirm the asthma diagnosis and identify difficult-to-treat asthma. Then you need to differentiate severe asthma from milder asthma. And then you need to determine whether the severe asthma is controlled or uncontrolled. And so that, that comes to the um, to the formal definition that we have in the in the document that's going to appear in the ERJ. And so asthma we've defined as asthma that um, requires treatment with guidelines, suggested medications for GINA stage 5, which means high-dose ICS and LABA, or leukotrile modifier uh, and theophylline, treatment taken for the previous year, or systemic corticosteroids for more than 50% of the previous year to prevent it from becoming uncontrolled, or which remain uncontrolled despite this therapy. And I think one of the important things that we've done here in the new definition is to include patients who are at stage five of Gina and who are reasonably controlled. So that's, I think, is a, is a, is a new addition to previously existing definitions.
0: Thank you. That's uh, really important and very precise. And uh, I recommend uh, our readers to spend some time on the wording of all these Definitions and tools this is really uh, uh, very nicely written thanks. so which tools do you recommend to determine whether severe asthma is controlled or uncontrolled?
1: So we need to use tools that will define um, the uncontrolled asthma and and we've uh, used uh, very much what's been already published in another ERS ATS task force on the definition of asthma control and of course. Um, asthma control depends on, on, on symptom control and the level of symptom control. Now we can use various tools like the ACQ and the ACT and, and there are now good data to indicate what, what are the cutoff points that we need to use, um, to define, uh, loss of control or, or uncontrolled. And of course, control of asthma also is dependent on the frequency of severe exacerbations. And um, our cut-off limit for uncontrolled asthma under this um, criteria is two or more births of systemic corticosteroids in the previous year. We also define uncontrolled asthma as having severe exacerbations with at least one hospitalization, ICU stay, or mechanical ventilation in the previous year. And also included, fourthly, um, under uncontrolled asthma is the presence of airflow limitation, so after appropriate bronchodilator, withhold FEV1 of less than 80% predicted is uh, is our uh, uh, cutoff point for airflow limitation.
0: Thank you. So one important thing in this uh, task force is that you focus not only on adults but also on children, and uh, there are also some discussion on conditions and diseases which can masquerade as severe asthma. So, what are the main diseases which can masquerade as severe asthma in children? Uh, thank you, Mark. Of course, uh,
1: this is—it's uh, important to remind um, listeners that um, this, these guidelines um, not only are for adults but also for children um, age above six years. And um, and one one of the first stage in the diagnosis of severe asthma is to make sure that there are no Condition that's in fact masquerading as asthma here. And indeed, we we have um, a list of conditions that we must always think about uh, between children that we need to exclude. And there's a whole list of them. And I, I guess the most important ones is to not miss um, uh, diseases of the upper airways that could um, masquerade as, as severe asthma. And obviously, things like um, upper airway Malformation in children, particularly congenital malformations, including vascular rings, for example, uh, foreign bodies that get stuck in the, in the large airways, tracheobronchomalacia, or tumors within the, within the airways. And then for, for, children, there are other conditions, uh, like cystic fibrosis, primary cerebral dyskinesia, and bronchiolitis, uh, that, that can masquerade as severe asthma.
0: Thank you. And what about uh, in adults? Uh, What are the main diseases which can masquerade as severe asthma in adults? I think in adults, uh, we have
1: um, a similar type of conditions, but the the upper airway um, obstructive um, syndromes, apart from asthma, uh, central tumours are not uncommon. But other conditions, and also we see this in children, uh, that we need to mention are dysfunctional breathlessness and vocal cord dysfunction which um sometimes can mimic severe asthma but of course the difficulty in this situation is that very often uh, they can be part of 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 the condition of severe asthma um there are other conditions like pulmonary emboli um tracheobronchitis allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis um churg
0: syndrome uh, and those also
1: can uh, masquerade as severe asthma
0: Thank you. Now we are going to go through some uh, complementary examinations like uh, HRCT of the chest, exhaled NO, sputumios, neophiles. So should we perform a higher resolution computed tomography of the chest in severe asthmatics? Should we do that? Well, uh,
1: uh, our recommendation is that um, in, in children and adults with severe asthma without specific indications for chest uh, HRCT based on history, uh, symptoms, and or results of prior investigations, we're suggesting that a chest HRCT only be done when the presentation is atypical. And what we have meant by uh, atypical presentation includes such factors as, for example, somebody with severe asthma coming up with excessive mucus production or with a rapid decline in lung function or, for example, with a reduced carbon monoxide transfer factor coefficient or, in children, the absence of atopy uh, in a child with, um, with difficulty to treat asthma.
0: Thank you. Um, so what about exhaled NO? Should we monitor exhaled NO in severe asthmatics? Well, we have a, um, a, a conditional
1: uh, recommendation based on relatively low quality of evidence to suggest that, um, clinicians, uh, who see, uh, adults or children with severe asthma, in fact, not use, uh, um, uh, fractional exhaled nitric oxide to guide therapy, um, and um, indeed our recommendation pla- places a, a higher value on avoiding additional resource expenditure and a lower value on an uncertain on on benefit from monitoring exhaled um, nitric oxide.
0: Thank you very much. So, what about uh, sputum eosinophils? Our recommendation for sputum eosinophils. Is
1: different for adults versus children, and, and in adults uh, with severe asthma, we we suggest treatment guided by clinical criteria plus a neutrophil counts. But but those neutrophil counts um, should ideally be performed in centres that uh, have experience in using this technique. And um, but in children um, with severe asthma, we suggest that treatment guided by clinical criteria alone, rather than clinical criteria. And sputum musical count. So we we are not recommending uh, using a sputum musical count in children to guide treatment, but uh, um, but more so for adults.
0: Thank you. So thank you very much for these three very clear um, recommendations. So now let's move to. Uh treatments. And uh, you mentioned already uh, ICS, oral corticosteroids, LABA, theophylline, etc. But there are other um, agents which are sometimes used in severe asthma. And the first one I would like to discuss with you is macrolide antibiotics. So should clinicians use macrolide antibiotics in severe asthma?
1: After reviewing all the evidence, uh, we have suggested that clinicians do not use microlide antibiotics in adults and children with severe asthma for the treatment of asthma. And of course, this recommendation applies only to the treatment of asthma, and, and, and it doesn't apply to the usual use of macrolide antibiotics for other indications, for example, for treating bronchitis, sinusitis, or other bacterial infections, um, including pneumonia, as, as indicated.
0: Thank you. Uh, and what about antifungal agents?
1: Yes, this is, um, this is an important issue uh, because it sometimes um, does um, rise uh, in the treatment of severe asthma. And, and our recommendation here uh, is that antifungal agents in adults with severe asthma and in recurrent exacerbations of um, ABPA, and we suggest that in this condition that antifungal agents be used. However, there's another uh, condition that um, we emphasize upon, which is the condition of sensitization to fungi, including aspergillus. And in this case, we suggest that clinicians not use antifungal agents for the treatment of asthma in adults and children with severe asthma without ABPA, irrespective of sensitization um, to
0: fungi. Okay that's uh, very important indeed and uh, last but not least uh, what is the recommendation of your task force for bronchial thermoplasty right uh, so uh, bronchial thermoplasty Mark, as you
1: know is a is a recently introduced treatment um uh, particularly aimed um, at patients with moderate to severe asthma and our recommendation here is that bronchial thermoplasty is performed in adults with severe asthma um but in the context of an institutional review board approved independent systematic registry or a clinical study. And this recommendation, in fact, places a higher value on avoiding adverse effects on an increased use of resources and on a lack of understanding of which patients may benefit and a lower value on uncertain improvement in symptoms and quality of life.
0: Thank you. Thank you again. So, uh, Fan, I wanted to thank you very much and to thank also, of course, all the members uh, from uh, from the task force for putting together such a nicely written uh, international ERS uh, ATS guidelines on definition, evaluation and treatment of severe asthma. Uh, I cannot mention all names, but of course, Sally Wenzel uh, has been also very important in helping uh, with the uh, ATS aspect of these uh, guidelines. And there are many, many highly respected colleagues. And uh, I cannot mention all the names, but you will find that uh, in the, uh, in the journal and, uh, it will be, of course, uh, very much uh, disseminated uh, uh, in, uh, in the future. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Professor Fan Chung, uh, for this uh, very interesting discussion. And uh, I hope that these guidelines will be implemented uh, worldwide and will help our patients with, uh, with severe asthma. Uh, This was Marc Kimber, Chief Editor of the European Respiratory Journal, discussing today with uh, Professor Fan Chung from the Imperial College London on severe asthma guidelines.